Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is the U105 Phone-In with Frank Mitchell. Yes, on the U105 phone-in this morning, the state of our roads. It will take 1.2 billion, yes, billion, to fix our roads. Uh, how did they ever get into such a state? And on the subject of the state of things was Theresa May being unfair to Northern Ireland by saying lack of government means we're not as ready as we should be for Brexit. And we'll include the following this morning. Our weather records. We'll talk to an absolute expert. The tennis ball protest at the Aviva and is smacking getting closer to being totally banned. So 028903331051.2 billion pounds. That's how much money needs to be uh, driven into our roads network across the country as some of the headlines are saying this morning. 1.2 billion Surely we would know that if we don't look after something at the house, you know, the guttering around the house, and we never clean it, we never paint it, we never take the leaves out of it, that it'll fall apart. But they don't seem to know that about the roads in Northern Ireland. And I want to speak to Kieran Donnelly, who's indeed the Auditor General and who's the man who's been counting, counting up the, the cost. Uh, Mr Donnelly, good morning. Good morning, Frank. So what exactly did you set out to achieve here and how did you come up with this figure of £1.2 billion? Okay, uh, well, £1.2 billion, I suppose, is the amount that we needed to bring the, the road system up to, you know, an acceptable, proper standard. Uh, this is a topic we have looked at uh, a number of times, so there, I suppose the key finding is there's been consistent underinvestment in maintenance for many years. So 20 years ago, uh, the figure was hundred just short of $170 million. So uh, we spend about $90 million a year on average on roads maintenance. Uh, we would need to be spending about $140 million uh, to keep the roads from deteriorating any further. So that's one of the big issues in the report. These are not just our figures. These are figures actually uh, prepared by road service themselves. And, uh, you know, we're happy they're, they're, uh, you know, they're prepared on a sound basis. And is the simple simple reality we don't have the money to keep the roads the way they should be kept? Because this has been a, a growing problem for the best part of 15 years now, hasn't it? More even. 
Uh, yeah, the the problem has gradually got worse uh, over the years, and of course, it's uh, you know it's for ministers and politicians to decide how resources are allocated. There are lots of demands on public funds from health and and education. Uh, so there's the issue on the size of the pot, the funding pot, but it's not the only issue in our report. Uh, we think better value for money could be achieved from and uh, how the pot is actually managed. Uh, and uh, we do make some recommendations uh, around funding. So, for example, um, the way budgets are allocated to roads, uh, a lot of the money comes through very late in the financial year. So, say, for example, over the past couple of years, uh, 40% of the budget came through in what we call in-year monitoring rounds. And uh, that means there's great pressure then to complete work by the end of the financial year, the end of March. And uh, that's not conducive to good value for money uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's not good uh, as well for, for planning purposes. Uh, contractors uh, probably can't plan uh, in, you know, longer-term investments. So it's a very much a stop-start funding. So what we have recommended uh, in the report is that there needs to be ring-fence funding uh, over the medium-term, longer-term uh, deals. Uh, and we do have these uh, for, for highway maintenance in GB. So that's a key recommendation in the report, longer-term funding packages to facilitate better, better planning. The reality is there isn't enough money to cover what people would see as maybe more important things, uh, health and education being uh, two of them. But if we allow the roads to slip and slip, we're going to be back to dirt tracks. The, the, the state of our roads at the present moment are beyond belief in so many areas. It's no surprise that you're suggesting what you're suggesting because there, there tends to be uh, an afterthought approach to roads and then a, a slapdash follow-up to that. Uh, right, I'll just qualify that a little. Uh, one of the points emerging from the report is the condition of the, the trunk roads is actually better than, than the rest of the network. And that's because uh, whatever money is available goes into the trunk roads first. Uh, and that's fair enough because they carry, you know, uh, most of the traffic. Uh, but if you keep using that funding allocation model year after year after year, then the differential between the trunk roads and the rest of the system widens. Uh, so one of our recommendations is that the department should have a fresh look at that. Uh, and um, what reinforcing that view was that the, the department's own condition surveys uh, are highlighting the condition of the trunk roads are actually better uh, that, that, than they had originally thought. So when we talk about the uh, the 1.2 billion backlog, uh, only a small amount of that actually relates to the trunk roads. Most of it relates to the rest of the network. Uh, so there is a recommendation in the report uh, for the department to, to have a look at uh, just how funding is allocated uh, just across the network. So what you're saying is they're letting the, the minor roads uh, go to a state that they're almost beyond redemption? Well, it's more because uh, the, the, the trunk roads are the first call on the money and then there's little left to do do very much else. 
And how much more money do you reckon they, they need? Because obviously the, alloc- the allocating of the, the budget is important and it's, it's a very difficult task when you, we don't have a, a government. We, we let the roads slip to the state that they're in when we had a government. At this present minute in time, when we don't know where we're going, the chances of an improvement seem to be slight. Yeah, well, the funding gap, uh, we've estimated about $50 a year. Uh, But uh, we have also recommendations in the report as to how the department actually articulates the case for funding, and we're calling for more long-term strategic planning. Uh, I think we were a little bit surprised that uh, there isn't a standalone uh, strategic plan for roads maintenance. You can't lift one of those off the website. What you will see is uh, an investment strategy for government generally, of which uh, there are you know, a part of that is on 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 roads, uh, but um, we're calling for uh, and we've recommended uh, a longer term strategic planning approach that will cover both the capital side, new roads, and and maintenance, so that options can be articulated. Uh, and uh, when ministers come back, then uh, you know that uh, there are well researched options uh, to 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 put in front of them. Okay, uh, Kieran Donnelly, Auditor General, thank you uh, very much indeed. Uh, Angela McGowan is the director of the CBI in Northern Ireland, and uh, seeing the the link really between uh, the economic development of the country and the infrastructure. Uh, Angela McGowan, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, does it surprise you how much money is needed? One point two billion to rescue our road network. Um, well, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me. Um, we have ongoing discussions with departmental officials, and we frequently have infrastructure forums with CBI members who are interested in infrastructure, and we have regular updates from the department around where things are. So we have been aware of the scale of the problem and um, very concerned about it, I have to say, particularly um, from a business perspective. Um, in, in reference to what Kieran Donnelly just had said there about this long-term planning, Obviously, whenever um, the department is reliant on these in-year funding plans, it then has an impact upon their procurement, and that has a knock-on effect on businesses in terms of how they prepare for these contracts and how they allocate resources. So big issues there um, from from the micro level. But at a macro level, of course, you know, we have done studies in the past on on productivity and what raises economic growth within the economy and we do find there's a huge correlation. There's a number of things, there's skills, etc. But infrastructure, connectivity, the quality of your roads all has a huge impact on economic growth, on your ability to attract investment, but also even in terms of companies and how they operate. Um, it's not just the public, but for, for companies moving product around the wear and tear of their vehicles the increased journey times, um, the length of time maybe even for workers to come in to, to work in the morning if they're suffering from getting um, involved with pothole incidents, etc. All this does have a negative and a downward effect on the overall economic growth. The latest suggestion coming out of Westminster, a very confused Westminster, is that we might have direct rule. Would there be a benefit to us if we had direct rule with regards to our roads network? Well, I think everybody agrees that decisions need to be made, but obviously there's implications there for direct rule for the Good Friday Agreement. So the whole political complications around that, um, 
can't be ignored. Um, at the end of the day, I think many companies would like to see some decisions they make. And, and I think we've been quite lucky recently. We've had some good positive um, announcements, for example, around the Belfast power plant, around the Belfast transport hub. So there is legislation that the CBI had pushed for there in the background for some of those decisions to be made. But unfortunately, they are made reluctantly by permanent secretaries. They're, they're unelected. They don't want to have to take those decisions. And they are content to take them whenever um, it is a, you know, it's consistent with previous ministerial advice or if it's in the interest of, of the public. But overall, I think probably what we need is rather than direct rulers, we need the devolved government back up and running. I'm old enough to remember the Republic of Ireland's roads in the late 1970s and the early 1980s and they were third world in places and along came, I don't know, whatever form of thinking that existed in the Republic with strategy and the benefit of the Celtic Tiger that sparked to to life for a number of years. But they turned the road network around. It became and yeah. it is at this moment in time uh, the envy of us the, the state of the roads in in the south in the south of Ireland are, are we at risk of allowing our roads to go like 70s and 80s roads in in the republic I have to confess um Frank I'm probably the same vintage because I do remember those roads myself and uh, I think you can't ignore and this is very often ignored right across the UK the impact of a lot of um EU funding on infrastructure um in the Republic of Ireland but also a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So in Northern Ireland, and one of the things that we never saw on the side of a bus, for example, coming up to the Brexit referendum, was the fact that we're going to lose $450 million, um, from structural funds that go in, goes into Northern Ireland um, infrastructure, had been earmarked for Northern Ireland infrastructure, and is now suddenly not available. So there is an element there with Brexit and the lack of funding that will be available in the future. Um, there is a prosperity fund has been set up by the UK government, um, but Northern Ireland will need to bid for that money. And because we always got a lot more European funding for infrastructure than other parts of the UK, I don't think we're going to fare as well out of trying to bid for the UK pot. Um, so there's a number of things. I think probably it, it needs to be a priority. But, for example, if we had an executive 
we would be looking for them to start making those decisions about how do they raise revenue or how do they save in other areas. So there's a huge transformation that's required in the health sector and the education sector where we could save a lot of money if we made that transformation. And in that way, we could um, put some more money and resources into infrastructure. You do say that the Republic of Ireland benefited greatly from being in the European Union and that turned their road network around. But we've been in the European Union and when I last checked, we were still in it. Uh, but our road yes. network is going is going down the tubes. Well, I think you'll notice that in the audit report now, they did say that a lot of resources have been focused on, on motorways and um, the main trunk roads. But it is, you know, the, it's the rest of the network that has managed to, to slip. And that's because, really, I suppose we have diverted resources from things like infrastructure and things like higher and further education to prop up the health sector and to prop up inefficiencies in the system. And that does have to be addressed. I mean, you cannot expect the European Union to be paying for every road and every part of it um, if there's in, you know, some inefficiencies within the system as well. Many decisions, I think, really have to be made around where we put our priorities and what people want. And those hard choices have never been faced. You said this yourself, even when the executive was there, um, you know, this was always a problem because they, they actually need to take those hard choices. How do they raise the revenue in one area and how do they cut costs in other areas? And unless you do that, you're never going to be able to have enough money to put into the system for this sort of thing. Okay, Angela McGowan, uh, Director of the CBI in Northern Ireland, thank you very much. How is the road that you live on? Are you tearing your hair out because it's never been repaired? Is it just slowly disintegrating? Or indeed, recently, was something done that brought it back to a very high standard? I'd love to hear the story of the road you live on or the road you drive on in the morning, the area close to you. Uh, 028903105. Let me speak to Bill, who's on, on this line, who's out on the roads. Uh, Bill, good morning. Morning, Frank. Yes, Bill. Frank, I think they're missing a point here with the, the state of the roads. How many times have you seen a road being resurfaced and within a matter of weeks, one of the utility companies are digging it up, and they never leave it in the right manner. And even after that, another utility company will dig it up again. Instead of giving them a window of opportunity, dig it up once and resurface it. Is that not more of a problem on city streets? And I know the streets are all part of the road network, but is it not more a problem in the streets in inside a city or inside a town uh, or on pavements more so than on the road network, the A roads, the trunk roads, the minor roads, the B roads, whatever we call them? Um, not, it's not confined to the city. Frank, I, I drive a taxi, so I'm out and about everywhere. And it's, it's a common thing throughout the place, not just the city. I, I live in Demurray myself, and the River Road, thankfully, is being resurfaced as we speak. It has become... A mess in recent times. Because we've discussed this before about coordinating utility services. Now, I just think it's impossible. I don't, I don't think you can get the people doing the gas, the people doing the water, the people doing the sewage, all to liaise with each other at the same time, in the same place, and make it happen. I think we'll have diggers who will be d digging till time ends. But uh, what you're calling on is more coordination but also a, b a better standard of work when they do the job. Certainly a better standard of work. But, Frank, this is a country that got Martin McGinnis and Ian Paisley around the table. If you can do that, you can get anybody else around the table. 
Yeah, well, there's a call out to those who work in the utilities. Uh, is it possible to do less digging in an area where you've been digging, say, six months before? Uh, we, we see it all the time, and it, it's part of the problem. Without doubt, it is part of the problem. Uh, Bill, uh, thank you. Taxi driver out and about seeing all the roads that are very humpy and bumpy. Uh, 02890 If you could spend part of this $1.2 billion that we haven't got yet, uh, where would you spend it and which road would you want to see improved? Good morning. Just looking at uh, some of the points that you're making about the roads, the utility groups, all of them being mentioned here from the the gas people through to the cablers, uh, should be made to contribute more to the roads due to the patchwork quilt effect they leave daily, says this texter. This one says, great motorways in the Republic. I've been on nearly all of them, but the EU paid for most of them and the tolls taken go out of the Republic. And remember, they're like Greece and Portugal. They contribute nothing. They give nothing. They take plenty out. I'm a taxpayer from Ards. There's a guy painting a picture. The people in the Republic don't contribute in any way to anything. They're just takers. <laughs> oh, no wonder we've got the crisis we have with Brexit. Um, Frank, it's an interesting couple of texts here in the middle and absolutely we'll be touching on this as the morning goes by just separately. It says, Frank, after all the uproar about Michael Conlon last week, hope there's going to be the same coverage about Northern Ireland fans singing We Hate Catholics uh, all over social media this morning. It says, Gaz, Gaz, Totally, we are going to be uh, covering that. And just to put it in context for people who uh, aren't aware of this, we, we did speak last week about the pro-IRA chanting at the fight in St. Patrick's Day in Madison Square Gardens in New York. Now, that was a major sporting event, a major sporting arena, and pro-IRA chanting was, go- was going on there. And we discussed it here on the programme. And now, the we hate Catholics. We will discuss that this morning. We will condemn with capital letters the people involved in chanting "We hate Catholics," but they weren't at a sporting event, and this is a crucial difference. They were stuck in some pub somewhere, singing into their own phone. They didn't even go next nor near the match. We'll be emphasising that as well. Um, let me speak to Dennis about the roads. Dennis, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, just Moor Park Avenue off Black's Road, it is a small cul-de-sac, and we have anything up to about 30 potholes from the start right down to the end of the cul-de-sac. Now, every councillor that comes around looking for votes, this has been going on here for about a couple of years, every councillor that comes around looking for votes, we tell them about it, they look at the roads and they just turn around and say, oh, that's shocking, we will see what we can do. Uh, we're still waiting to see what they can do. We've been on to the DOE and everything about it. They came out and they filled one hole in the uh, cul-de-sac, but left all the others. It is the worst uh, road in the Blacks Road area, I would say. Well, it's an example of a road that isn't in a good state and we're happy to hear indeed about the roads that aren't in a, a good state at this uh, present moment in time. So um, what can what can be done in relation to improving, improving uh, these roads and does extra money automatically flow after the Auditor General's report that's saying the Department of Infrastructure is going to need £1.2 billion, £1.2 billion with regards to 
uh, improving improving our roads. There are many many examples. Uh, Dennis, uh, thank you. O two eight nine zero treble three one zero five o double seven double six one zero five one zero five. Frank. Uh, Hilltown, uh, the area around there, some of the roads are a death trap, uh, says uh, this texter. And Frank, uh, do people forget that it was the e- that w- was the UK? Repeated was the UK that helped bail Ireland out in 2010 when their economy went very bad. Maybe they could repay that money for our roads in the north. And uh, this one is in such a small font. Uh, gosh, I've never seen anyone write in such a small font. Uh, hi, Frank. I love the show regarding the state of the roads in Northern Ireland. I know that the government uh, doesn't use all the revenue from the motorists on the roads, but uh, look where the revenue is coming from. The road fund licence, MOT, petrol, oil, tyres, antifreeze, car service and car repairs, insurance, car products bought in the shops and even uh, travelling on public transport, etc., etc. So the government is making a huge amount of revenue uh, just through the motorist alone and all the taxes that are imposed. Uh, surely we should expect decent and safe roads to dry on, to drive on. In the last year, I've had three new springs in my car and I'm a careful driver. Uh, what is your view on the situation, Frank? Uh, says Pete in Bangor. Pete's a very good question. Still interested in how, what way your computer works, Pete. Have you have you got a, a, a font improver? Like I, you know, I can see up close in the distance and everything in between. But my goodness me, that is small. That is, I think you're just testing me here. But um, Pete, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You know, I, I am a driver, and I am paying hand over fist for the right to be on the roads of Northern Ireland. Hand over fist when it comes to the amount of tax on the the fuel when it comes to the disc on the car that we don't actually stick on the car anymore but the the is it a traffic and what, what what is it now is it actually a tax disc or is it an emissions duty disc or whatever it is it costs me a bucket of money because i have a vehicle which is very old and it's a bit big and i'll be getting rid of it eventually but you know it's falling apart i can't afford to replace it and in the meantime, they are insisting that I pay a, a large amount of tax for the right to be on the roads. And I'm more than happy to pay the tax. And I also keep the car in very good nick as far as the engine's concerned because there's, a, there's one of those um, adapters in the engine to ensure that the emissions are as low as they possibly can be. All of this, all of this we have a responsibility to be aware of. But we deserve better roads. The roads in Northern Ireland are appalling. And I do remember the roads from the Republic of Ireland when I started out as a broadcaster in Dundalk. And I remember going down to Dundalk to do the, the Frank Mitchell show on Radio Carousel. And that was I was only 17. And I, I just got my driving licence. And I used to drive down to the roof space of the Dundalk shopping centre. And there I was, you know, being Frank Mitchell, the DJ, thinking I was Mr Cool and all of that. But the car got wrecked on the way down through Dundalk because the roads were just absolutely peppered with potholes. But now the roads in the Republic of Ireland are so much better than they are in Northern Ireland. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.